Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jags Across the Pond official podcast. I'm Jamie, and today I am joined with Britt Jag. Britt Jag, how are you doing after the bye week off? Yeah, I'm good. It was, yeah, like I say, it was, uh, I don't know, it, the bye week always drags. Like, don't get me wrong, I feel like you get to the point where you kind of do feel like you need a breather, but then, like, one or two days into that first week, and you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I want it back now. So, yeah, glad it's back, and what a way to come back. Absolutely. Um, most people say Victory Monday. We're not recording on a Monday, but so we're going to call it Victory Podcast Week. Um, victory Podcast for us, because the Jaguars went out and beat Baltimore Ravens 28-27 inside the bank on Sunday evening. And that's what we're going we're gonna to discuss and we're going to talk about today. Um I didn't manage to record a podcast last week, obviously in the bye week. Um, I know you did yourself, Britt Jag. Um, did you see this score coming? Did you predict a Jags win and did you predict it to kind of win in that sort of style? I did actually predict the Jags win. I know that's probably going to be a real surprise for you. <laughs> um, but I can't actually remember what the, I think I predicted something like 23-20 to the Jags. So I, I thought it'd be close. Um, not as close as it actually was, um, but yeah, I'll take it. I, I called a win and a close win, so yeah, I'm I'm taking that. Fantastic, yeah. Um, what what a game it was, um, and what what a kind of great experience that the players obviously picked up um, this week. Um, for a game that started um, negative on offense, really, to be honest. Um, but obviously they managed to come into their own um, come the end of the game. The second. The second quarter and the fourth quarter is where the Jaguars performed this week, um, which I think the stats have said in previous weeks. I still remember we go back and keep on saying about London. Um, we had a stat on our paper where it said that we were best in the first and third quarter, didn't it, Bridget? Yeah, and to be honest, I think it does seem to be kind of shifting now. Um, yeah. Like it's that was our kind of that was our bread and butter for the early part of the season. But we, I feel like we're fi- finishing games hell of a lot better than we were. Um, but also feel like we are starting a little bit slower. Um, like you say, this, this week it was a bit a bit off on offence. Um, I don't know if that was maybe ETN, maybe taking his knock and throwing a bit of the kind of game plan out the window a little bit. I don't know if that, that kind of stalled things and kind of took a bit of our offensive plan away, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the Jags came out and thinking they were going to be able to run the ball on the Ravens defence, but the Ravens defence are, are very, very good um, at stopping the run. They have been very good at that all season and um, they really did stop the Jags this week. And as you've mentioned there, um, ETN tried to get himself away early on, but just wasn't really happening. And the first the first two drives for the Jaguars were, were pretty poor and obviously ended in First one ended in um, downs and the second one ended in punting away, um, which obviously wasn't a great start for us. Um, we did we did kind of come into our own and did start to perform a hell of a lot better. Um, and yeah, you're right. The momentum has definitely started to shift into the into the later half, later of the halves, um, which I think is showing us to why we're winning games. So in previous previous games we were kind of coming out the starting blocks pretty good we were scoring on first drives we were scoring on first drives of the second half but then we were really struggling to kind of to defend and kind of kind of go that extra mile in that sort of last quarter 
um, in previous games and hence why we were losing by very close margins. But now that's two games now um, where we've come from we've come from losing from from a good amount um, to come back and obviously get the victory, um, which we'll go into a little bit more detail um, in a little short while. Um, but firstly, we'll just have a little look through. We'll talk about the first quarter. The first quarter, obviously, the Jaguars um, were six, found themselves six nil down. Um, the Ravens were able to find a lot of space and a lot of room. However, once it comes to the red zone, that they really struggle to make their way in. So, for example, the very first drive for Lamar Jackson, um, he he managed to launch the ball 65 yards and took five minutes off the clock. However, only resulted in a field goal. On the second drive, again, another 38 yards, four minutes off the clock. But again, it resulted in just a field goal as well. Um, at that very fir- in that very first quarter, how how did you think the Jags were performing, and how badly do you think the game was going to be? Like we were doing okay on defense, but um, the offense, obviously, as we've mentioned, we're, we're pretty poor. Um, how did you think the game was going to come out after that first quarter? Yeah, I was. That first quarter was a bit a bit concerning, just because it, it did feel like the Ravens could a bit like um, the game before with the Chiefs they would be able to do what they wanted with us because the defense came good in the red zone. Um, They were really good in the red zone and it was very much Ben don't break. But I mean, first play of the game was straight out of the bat. And it was like the the big pass to Andrews for like 25 yards, bang straight off the thing. And I was like, Oh no, (laughs) here we go. Um, And it, it was a little bit worrying to see what they could, they were doing to us. And then, like you say, with the offense struggling to get going, um, the Ravens' defense, run defense being one of the best in the league, forcing us to have to, to put the ball up in the air. And obviously that, that favors them then because they, they know what's coming. So um, it, it did, did, was a slow start, but it we, we seem to have kind of flipped, like you say, flipped the script. We, we are starting slower, but then when we do find our feet, we seem to be a lot more confident in our game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the ter- the very you've definitely been listening to a bit of um, the Jaguars official podcast, as because I've had that in my notes all week. The the bends don't break. I think that's exactly how um, how uh, it's a perfect way of describing what our defense was like this week. Um, and that's exactly exactly right and relevant there. Um, many times we were stretched out quite far. Um, and conceded some big yardage um, but then we did come at clutch in a lot of plays as well um, the first one was um, at the start of the second quarter um, where the Ravens um, went for it on fourth and one officially I think it went down as a fumble um, but obviously it would have been downs as well anyway um, Davon Hamilton obviously recovered the ball um, from Luacon tackle um, on Lamar Jackson um, which I think it was it was a sneak he was trying to do, wasn't it? It was a very it was a very weird sneak that he was he was looking at trying to do there. I think it was like a delayed one, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's what it was. And then it was because I, I think it came off of Hamilton's helmet. I don't even think it was like a play for the fumble. Um, but obviously, taken where they come. Um, yeah. And yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And obviously that's obviously started where that that's where we started to kind of come into the game um, because that gave us some good, um, good field, good field goal advantage. Um, we were in very good position um, on the 50 yard line. That's a great place to kind of start with the ball. And it resulted in a touchdown and we did it in as little as four plays um, where we got Jermichael Hasty. Um, he managed to get into the game a bit, obviously, because ETN did get himself injured in that first quarter. It was a, um, a foot sprain. Um, and we didn't see him come back into the game at all after that first quarter, which allowed Jermichael Hasty to pick up yards and also Snoop Connor. Um, Hasty did still struggle with um, a little bit of running at first. Um, however, um, this was obviously a passing touchdown. Obviously, the Jaguars went up 7 6. Um, the Ravens then came out on their next play um, and obviously kicked themselves a successful field goal. And the Jags kicked in a field goal just to see them into the half. And Jags were actually leading um, 10-9 after the very first quarter. It really didn't look like it was going to be that way. But talk about that first half performance. Um, just mentioned Jermichael Hasty. How did you feel that he um, kind of broke himself into the game? How, how well did you think he performed in that first half? Um, as we said before, the, with the Ravens' defense, run defense, it is a very good run defense, and he did struggle to get the run game going a bit. Um, but he had a few good plays and kind of broke away, um, and, and was kind of chipping away, getting us a few yards here and there. And then, like you say, the the touchdown reception on him, I mean, it was great. I, it, it was obviously pa- passed by Trevor, and he said in the post, like he turned and the ball was kind of just there. He was he wasn't necessarily ready for it he just it was literally as he turned the ball was there then obviously into the end zone and we are obviously going to need him to step up uh, a little bit because he's well he he was back up this week but obviously going forward um we've brought in a a new running back which we'll I imagine we'll probably touch on in a little bit and yeah I think he did as as kind of as, as well as could be expected given the the Ravens run defense run defense reputation um and yeah and another contribution that's two touchdowns from on the year and uh james robinson who <laughs> i don't think it's james robinson who i tell you that now <laughs> um, but he's gone we have to say obviously he's gone but the jaguars in the first half um rushing yards only managed to successfully rush for 24 yards and that's from 11 attempts which was 2.2 yards a carry. When you compare that to the Ravens, who had successfully rushed for 87 yards and were averaging 4.6 yards a carry in that first half. And then look at Trevor Lawrence, um, a very respectable first half again. Um, 10 completions from 12 attempts for a total of 135 yards. And obviously that one touchdown to Jermichael Hasty, as we've mentioned. Um, but when you look at um, Lamar Jackson, um, not so good game for himself. Um, in that first half, 17 attempts and only nine completions for 88 yards. Um, so it was very good to see um, to see Trevor Lawrence obviously outbeating Conor Lamar Jackson in that first half there. Um, we'll have a look at the receivers as well at the moment, in a moment as well. Um, but other notable stats from that sort of first half was um, the Jaguars conceded no penalties at all in that first half. Um, Ravens did only concede themselves once, so a fairly clean game. Um, and Jaguars had eight first downs in the game. One was from a um, from a Russian attempt and the other seven come from passing attempts. Um, our third down efficiency was pretty poor. 
um, at one completion at four, so 25% completion ratio. Um, when you compare that to the Ravens, who had, were successful um, at 60% of the time, six out of 10 kind of completions on that first half. Um, talk about that defence in that first half then, um, Britt Jag. How, how do you think the defence did in, in all? As you said, it was there were moments that were concerning kind of in the middle of the field. It did feel like they were kind of making their way down, but they were so resolute. When we got when we got in the red zone, the coverage was phenomenal. Cisco had a great game. Uh, Moomo was really good on the, on the tackling. Um, generally, when it got to that point, it was like it was like a different defense. Um, it really felt like they. And like I say, it's a it's getting a bit annoying now hearing it all the time, but it is such it's bend bend don't break, and they're letting them travel down the field. And but at the end of the day, a team like the Ravens with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, they're gonna move the ball, and it's been an issue for them uh, this year. The the Ravens as a whole, they've had a similar issue to to what we have and getting into the end zone, but not kind of putting the points up. And we really saw it there, like. We were able to stop them, even though they've got such a, a reputation for being able to run the ball so well with Lamar Jackson. And we struggled with mobile quarterbacks. It, we held, we stopped them from scoring a touchdown in the whole in the whole of the first half. Absolutely. Um, one player that was um, was really important to stopping the stopping the ruler from breaking. I think we can say because I always think when you say a bend don't break, I always think of a ruler. Um, and the one player that kind of stopped that from breaking was Aluakon in that first half. Um, absolutely great at the middle. Um, ten tackles in that first half, and two of those were tackle for losses. Um, he had an absolutely splendid game. And as, obviously, as you mentioned as well, um, at Cisco obviously played very well. Um, at Jenkins and, and Moomoo as well, they kind of was a kind of highlights in that first half. But we'll move on to that second half now and have a little look at um, where kind of things obviously changed a little bit more again. So Jaguars, as we mentioned, went in with a lead 10-9 in that first half. Um, the second half then um, was pretty pretty even in between um, and there was only one field goal in the whole of that um, third quarter. Um, and that was um, the Ravens. Um, they got themselves another field goal. They did march their way down the field again. However, they were stopped in that red zone again um, a very good, lovely sack from um, Devon Hamilton. Um, it was very, very vital. I think um, Jackson was um, third and goal, I think it was, um, on the five-yard line. Um, and, yeah, a sack from um, Hamilton obviously forced them to go for the field goal to take the lead instead of them getting themselves another touchdown. So that was three full quarters where the Jaguars' defence actually stopped the Ravens from scoring a touchdown or game. So um, that's that's definitely an improvement there. If, if you if you told me that um, before this week and you told me to put a bet on that, I would have been like, no, 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 waste of waste of money because Jackson's going to run him run himself in or um, there's nothing stopping Jackson from scoring a touchdown, um, especially not through three quarters. So it was great to kind of see to see that sort of happen there. Um, then um, a little bit of a a little bit of downside for the Jaguars. Obviously, the Jaguars are losing at this point 12-10, um, and um, Trevor Lawrence fumbles the ball. Um, he was sacked and obviously then fumbled. Obviously, he kind of scrambled himself out of the pocket, um, managed to break away from a bit of pressure, um, but then he didn't see one of the one of the Ravens guys who was behind him, who um, it came in from behind and obviously sacked him and also stripped that ball from him as well. Um, 
at that sort of point, how did you feel for the Jaguars? Obviously, the Jaguars were trailing 12-10 and the Ravens had it in very, very good field position. Um, how, do, how did you feel it was going for the Jags at that point? Uh, I don't know about you, but it felt very deja vu. Um, yes. Just, yeah, like the thing is, um, what we've seen, obviously, with, the, with having a young QB, in the past, those plays have really crushed his confidence. And even if he had been playing well, a play like that would have just destroyed it all. Um, and the game would have just floated away. Um, and that, that's, that's kind of what the feeling was. And the fact that they had such great field position and then obviously went went on to score from it, um, really, and make it, a, I think at that point, yeah, made it a two-score game. Yeah. As yes. soon as as soon as they got the fumble, I I messaged you and I messaged you and said, that's where we lose today's game. Was on that one particular drive, wasn't it? Yeah, and and like I say, I don't necessarily blame him solely because it was it was hell of a hit. And obviously these fumbles happen in football. Like the, even the best QBs in the game are going to fumble occasionally. And I don't feel like this is one of the ones that like we saw against the Eagles, for example, that it was just him being clumsy or careless. He was scrambling out, trying to make a play, and didn't see the defender, and got absolutely smashed. And yeah, and it's one of those things. In like I said, I was I'm not I'm, it, I did, as far as I'm concerned, it's not the same issue. It's I'm not concerned like we were talking about earlier in the year. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just I I felt uh, is is he going to be is he going to be able to recover from this? That was my that was my concern. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned obviously deja vu. I felt exactly the same. I felt we were back at the Eagles game again. Um, Trevor Lawrence does lead the, the lead the NFL in fumbles this season. Um, obviously, four did come in one game, and obviously this is only just one other one now. Um, and that really knocked his PFF grade. Actually, to be fair, um, when you look at the stats on that, um, Lamar Jackson actually um, had a higher grade than. Um, Trevor Lawrence on the day but when you look at the stats it doesn't really paint the same picture so that one fumble um, did really affect um, Trevor Lawrence's stats on the day um, from a PFF sort of grading point Um, as you said obviously the Ravens did score a touchdown off the back of that um, and that meant the Jags were down 19 to 10 um, in the fourth quarter Um, but then things started to change and then we got to see the Trevor Lawrence and the offense from the Raiders game and the little snippet we saw at the Raiders game, obviously the Jaguars just making um, completion after completion and obviously marching their way down the field. And the Jaguars did just that. 14 plays, 75 yards in total, took a total of seven minutes and the Jaguars score themselves a touchdown. Um, the, 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 the person who caught the ball was obviously Jamal Agnew, um, but that whole drive was perfect. Um what was your thoughts on that drive, that kind of that touchdown scoring drive? Any kind of key plays out of that one that you loved? Yeah, so that one was, it was just, it was good to see because, like I said before, I was worried that he wouldn't bounce back. And it, if anything, it seemed to light a fire beneath him and was like, right, you know what? I screwed up there. I'm going to put this right. Um. In regards to kind of the the big plays and I mean he overcomes some fairly difficult situations because there was I think he had a, a second and fifteen yeah um, in that drive um, 
uh, fourth and eight, I believe, um, as well. And like that, I think the fourth and eight one to Zay Jones, that was the real, that was a real badass throw because like he, he was just, it was perfection and it had to be right. The game was on the line, and he just balled out. Yeah, twenty-seven yards that was actually that pass in the end, fourth and eight, and yeah, he completed a twenty-seven yard pass. But the play just before that um, was where um, Kirk got himself injured in a play. Um, and obviously he was obviously questionable to return in that last quarter. Um, so it was looking it was looking like that one particular drive was looking as if we were going to, that was it for us really there. And we thought he was out because, as you said, the Jags went second and 15. They then went third and eight, but it was an, um, the, it was Christian Kirk obviously getting himself injured in that play. And obviously then it went um, fourth and eight. Um, and then that one, that one light switch moment to Zay Jones again, obviously re-sparked, re-sparked that, that drive. Um, and then obviously did end up and resulted in a Jamal Agnew touchdown. Lovely, lovely touchdown to Agnew. Um, he played a pretty vital role in the game as well this week, didn't he? Yeah, he, seeing him back on offence, he, he just adds... I think he's just that little bit different on offense. He, he's obviously not going to be one of our number one receivers. And as we've seen in the past, he, his catching ability can be a, a little bit iffy on on occasion. Um, but like in that situation, uh, brings him in motion uh, and then kind of sends him back. He cuts back, ball gets snapped, and um, the defender just can't can't get to him before he gets in the end zone. So. Yeah, can't fault that, and it was it was so important to get that. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but um, just scares me again him running with the ball. I know I've said this with um, Etn as well, um, but I've said it ever since obviously Agnew got his injury on special teams um, last season. Uh, it just scares me seeing him run with the ball because just seems like he just gets annihilated every single time. I'm just worried that he's just he's just not going to get back up. But um, he he played a great great role obviously in the game obviously this week. Um, the Jags are now down 19-17 as the Jags um, successfully scored. Um, and obviously they went for the one XP as well. Um, it leads on to um, what is arguably one of the biggest plays of the game for me personally. Um, obviously the Jaguars obviously kick kick the ball uh, on kickoff. And Andrew Wingard comes into his own and he forces a fumble on the Ravens which led to the Jaguars recovering. Tyson Campbell recovering the ball in fantastic field position um, on the Ravens. I think it was on the was it on the 16 or on the 20 yard line or something like that. Um, in very very good position and gives the gives the Jaguars offense the ball back again in the red zone and only losing two points. Um, and after what after watching that previous drive, we thought we were just going to get another seven points here. Um, but it wasn't meant to be. The Jaguars um, did successfully just kick a field goal, um, which then took them 20 to 19 up um, very, very late in the game. Um, however, the Ravens did come back and score themselves a touchdown. Took them two minutes to do so, 75 yards. And who was the person that scored? Ex-Jaguars player Josh Oliver um, found himself completely clear in the end zone um, to successfully get the touchdown. And then the the Ravens elected to go for two points as well to make it a seven point game, um, which that was successful, um, which then meant the Ravens were going up 27-20 
um, with only, I think it was less than two minutes less to play on the game. So at that point there, I've just mentioned a couple of big plays and a couple of big drives there. Firstly, the fumble, then the Jaguars only electing for the only being able to come out with a field goal. And then the Ravens scoring a touchdown um, straight after on their next drive. How are we feeling at this point? Just less than two minutes left. Jaguars are losing 27-20. What's your emotions like and what was you thinking were going to happen at this point? Well, as we quite often say, it was an absolute roller coaster. Um, thinking like we got there and we're like, OK, yes, like the de- let's get the stop now on defence. And then there was that absolutely massive play um, <laughs> near a straight off the bat. And it just, I don't know, felt like a bit of a killer. And I was like, ah, oh, here we go. But in some ways, I think it did us a bit of a favour. Um, gave us the opportunity to a bit more time to come back, really. Um, yeah, so it was the... Uh, yeah, so they, they went and scored. And um, was that the one that... No, that wasn't the one that went for the two points, was it? Yeah, that was the it last was the one. one yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just that to, to kind of take it to seven points. I, I don't know. I did have... I was I was feeling positive just because of the way Trevor had reacted to the obviously not necessarily the the previous drive because obviously we we did struggle in the red zone, um, but the the drive before that when he had absolutely taken us down the field, he had had fourth and eights and and completed some important passes. I felt he had confidence, um, so I thought we would get close. I just thought it was going to be another day of oh, we were like a yard from a bit like the Giants game we would get right down there but we wouldn't just quite just quite wouldn't quite punch it in um and then obviously that drive happens and it's probably better than even better than the first one yeah absolutely um the very last drive for the Jaguars like we said we had just under two minutes left um, actually, I think we had the two-minute warning on our side. So I think we had one play and then the two-minute warning, I think, is what we had. Um, and the very first play, obviously, the Jaguars um, threw an incomplete pass to Zay Jones. Um, and then we had the two-minute warning. And then on the second play, um, Trevor Lawrence was sacked. Um, he was sacked by none other than Jaguars legend, Calais Campbell. I mean, before we go any further on that drive, how did it feel watching Campbell annihilate our, our quarterbacks. I mean, I certainly didn't like it. I don't know what you thought about that. No, that was that, that wasn't that wasn't good. That was, <laughs> yeah, it was like really it was really upsetting. Yeah, obviously he'd come out and said so many nice things about the Jaguars over the last couple of weeks and Trevor Lawrence and I, I remember him in the game. He also kind of broke up a bit of a fight. I don't actually even recall what really happened. I never did look back at that um, when one of their guys had their helmet off and there was a bit of fight in the back of the end zone. Um, obviously he was there he calmed it all down I think um, they put him on the big screen um, during the game and all the fans clapped and um, obviously he acknowledged all of that Um, but then once I saw obviously Campbell then um, floor Lawrence at probably the most important drive um, of the game and um, one of the most important drives of his career so far and um, watch him get sacked for 11 yards as well um, that that was a bit heartbreaking to be honest obviously that forced the Jaguars to um, play another timeout um, that was their final timeout of the game so the Jaguars had one minute 50 left they're on third and 21 on their final timeout one minute 51 left and the Jaguars um, took it within 
within five yards. So they managed to throw for 16 yards to Christian Kirk, which then left us with a horrible fourth and five play, which um, more often than not is unsuccessful. Um, and I mean, myself personally, I, I, I thought that was probably, I thought that was probably game over at that point, going on a fourth down. But um, they seem to surprise me yet again. Um, Marvin Jones um, completed the completed the pass for a total of ten yards, which put the Jaguars um, into our um, into our forty yard line. Um, and then the Jaguars managed to march himself a bit further down the field until Hasty obviously conceded himself a penalty, a full start penalty, um, which then pushed the Jaguars a little bit back. But then then came the moment, obviously, offers our touchdown pass. Um, Marvin Jones, 10 yards, touchdown pass. Um, it took a couple of minutes, what actually felt like 10 minutes um, as it was kind of reviewed um, because he managed to have one foot in bounds, but then his shin also fell in bounds before his knee did, which, um, as the interpretation of the ruling is, providing another part of his body is inside before touching the white, that is classed as inside, which is classed as a touchdown. But those two minutes, or however long it was, how did how did you feel? Did you think it was definitely a touchdown? Did you think it wasn't a touchdown at that point? What what do you think was going on? Watching it live, I thought he I thought he was out. Um, but then I started seeing the replays, and I, and I generally thought he was in. But knowing how the NFL normally hates us, yeah, normally I feel towards the Jaguars, especially on 50-50 decisions. Like if they're decisions that could go one way or the other, it's it always it feels like they they're constantly going against us. But by this point, I'm I'm, I'm genuinely being telling the truth that I I wasn't worried. I thought, okay, if we don't get this he's putting the next one in and I, and I genuinely felt that felt that. And, um, he was just, he was by this point, he was absolutely slinging it. And he, he just felt like this is, this is the quarterback. This is the one that we were promised when we drafted in number one. This is the one that everyone was raving about. This is, this is the guy because I had, I can't remember where it was now, but someone said in the, the fourth quarter for the, for Trevor Lawrence with his, with his footage there's like about five or six plays that for most other for the probably like the half bottom half of the qbs in the league one of those plays would be like their highlight of the day and they'll make one of those big plays and that'll be it and he he made like six or seven in a quarter and just yeah i just by the time we got down to that point i just thought we are we're scoring and i assumed um probably foolishly me knowing what doe peterson's like i assumed that then we would kick a field goal and go to overtime but that obviously wasn't to be absolutely yeah um yeah what well, i always find when, when trevor lawrence um, seems to be kind of throwing three or four of his best passes of a the game they all happen in just very quick succession very very quick succession it seems to just just go in a flash um, whereas when we watch other teams play, like we'll talk about Mahomes, for example, he managed to shave seven, eight minutes off a play, off a drive. There was no kind of rushing, no need to make a huge play on every single every single down. Um, he was able to find a good, a good play in each sort of set, basically. Whereas when I watch Trevor Lawrence, it kind of seems that 
he'll have he'll go bang 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 three three successful amazing passes um and yeah absolutely absolutely incredible last drive um i hated the decision to go for it um as it reminded me of a game i can't remember if it was last season or the season before where we decided to go for it um and obviously it didn't go in our favor um so i didn't want us to go for it um and especially looking at our success um in the in the red zone um in in games gone by um i think most notable one obviously is the um, the Broncos game in London, um, where obviously he threw an interception on the one-yard line. I, I really didn't think that we, we'd be able to get it in, especially as we didn't have kind of that kind of running back threat as well, um, which we could have used. So I definitely, definitely did not think it was the right decision to make. But boy, was I eating my words! And what a great, uh, what a great catch by Zay Jones! Great route. Um, and what a great, um, great score for for him. And obviously the Jaguars are now leading 28-27, leaving just 14 seconds on the clock. Um, and the Jaguars, all they needed to do was obviously see out the game and probably see out one to two, one to two drives. And that was it. Game over. Um, however, it also led us to another another scary moment, didn't it? Because the Jaguars elected to go for um, a squib kick. Um, Wingard successfully made the tackle did waste um, four or five seconds on the clock. Um, but Lamar Jackson was able to throw for, for 12 yards, which um, put them in um, just outside of field goal range. Um, but Tucker, obviously, is he is kind of the Ravens' Mr. Reliable. Um, he doesn't miss. Um, but I didn't know at the time until, obviously, I've listened to podcasts and stuff afterwards, it would have been an NFL record um, if he did successfully get this field goal. There's two seconds left on the clock. 67 yard field goal attempt that was in from what i'd seen was only just short if that was 65 or 64 um i think that probably could have been in like i don't know if you've seen a, if you've seen any close-ups of it and how close it was but from what i saw i thought that was lifting and i thought that was going in it was just a great relief once i saw the refs um obviously rule it as not being in did you see anything on that one so the only thing I've seen is a fan's basically a photo and they've put a mark where the ball landed. Yeah. Um, and it is literally maybe three quarters of the way back of the end zone. So, yeah, another. Yeah, if you shave two or three yards off of that kick, the distance, if it were two or three yards further forward, that's going through because it was it was dead straight. Yeah, it was it was like an arrow like it. You couldn't have, he couldn't have kicked it any better. And it, it, out of anyone in the NFL, you don't want to be given a kick to with that. Like, I mean, OK, the distance, you'd, you'd have liked to have at least had a few more yards on it from the, the Jags perspective and pushed it back a bit further. But if there's anyone that could have made that kick, it was him. And I think that's what, what I was also worried. Um, obviously, it was a, a few aggressive decisions in a row because, like you said, the two point. I was, I was, I was nervous about it. I really liked it, um, but I was very like, oh no, like this is this is either going to be great or awful. And I, I get the logic because obviously we're we're not having the best of years anyway. We got we've got to try and get some wins on the board, and also going to overtime with a with a player like Tucker, who can kick a field goal from so deep and 
Patterson was better for better this week. He was absolutely fine. He didn't miss anything, but he has had his issues in the last couple of weeks. Do you want to be going head to head with a with a a kicker that can kick from so deep? I, I don't know. It, it it doesn't feel like it's in our favour in that in that situation. So it was just a very tense end to that game, and I couldn't actually believe it. And I was so relieved when when the clock finally hit zero. Yeah. It was definitely, uh, definitely a scary moment um, to obviously see out the game. Um, but it was great. It was absolutely great to see. Um, really, really happy that um, finally another result um, has gone into our favour. So absolutely great to see that there. Um, so that that concluded the game. The Jaguars won 28-27. It's not very often we kind of do a breakdown of kind of play-by-play. Um, but what what a great week for us to be able to do that um, and go through that there. Have a little look at the box stats. Um, we'll, I'll start with the Ravens. We'll have a look at them. Um, Lamar Jackson threw for 254 yards, one touchdown on the day, um, and he was sacked once as well. Um, their leading rusher was shock horror, Lamar Jackson, for 89 yards, um, and then Edwards for 52 yards as well. Um, they had a total of 162 rushing yards on the day. Um, their receivers, their leading receiver was ex-Jaguar um, Josh Oliver, um, 76 yards and one touchdown. Um, and then secondly was Jackson with um, 74 yards from two receptions as well. Um, looking over to the Jag side, um, your boy Trevor Lawrence, 29 completions from 37 attempts for a total of um, 321 yards. However, he was sacked four times for a total of 27 yards, which took those yards back to 294. Um, he did have three passing touchdowns this week, which is obviously fantastic to see. And the Jaguars um, in rushing um, only rushed for 38 yards in total on the day, um, which obviously is probably by far our worst performance in rushing this season. Um, but our receivers obviously had a day. Zay Jones himself... Um, 14 targets, 11 completions, 145 yards on the day um, and only a long of 29 as well. So that goes to show that he um, had some pretty consistent, good, some good catches in there. And then secondly was our running back Hasty, um, caught five from five, um, 67 yards and a touchdown. And then um, Kirk um, had a bit of a struggle this week. Um, nine targets, only catching four of them for a total of 46 yards. Um, and then we move on to our defence. Um, sometimes we don't mention the defence too much, but I definitely think it's worth mentioning a couple of players this week. Um, Alua Khan, absolutely amazing that middle this week. Always been a massive fan of linebackers myself. Um, gutted, obviously, when we saw Miles Jack go. Obviously, I've mentioned that previously in the past. Um, but Lua Khan absolutely has fell into that role successfully. Um, 18 total tackles and 13 of them were so, was solo tackles um, this week, which was great. Then second, Chad Moomer um, on his um, his first official um, start. Um, he obviously nine total tackles and four of them were solo. Um, so it was great to see that from Chad Moomer as well. Really slotted into that role. Um, he's learnt the playbook very well um, and he's obviously is doing very well in that role and we'll probably see him starting for um, especially next week and we see how he goes for the rest of the season. Um, players with tackle for losses, Josh Allen um, got himself a tackle for loss this week. Still not in that sack bracket, um, but we did see him put a bit more pressure on Lamar Jackson this week. 
Devon Hamilton comes away with the sack this week. Um, he gets himself a sack with a tackle for loss, um, which is absolutely great to see. Um, so I've just gone through the quick box stats there. Um, now I need you to tell me who are your, do you know what? I'm not even going to say player of the game. I'm going to say who are your top two players of the game? Because I know who your top one player is going to be. So who are your top two players of the game and why are you saying that? Well, I, I know the only reason you're saying top two is because you want me to, you're hoping that I'm going to mention a certain someone. No, um, absolutely uh, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> um, obviously, um, Trevor Lawrence had a day. Um, I believe the uh, first time for a Jags QB to do over 300 yards, score three touchdowns, no interceptions, and complete over 75% of his passes and get a QBR rating of of what he did in Jaguars history. So, I mean, that alone, that, that's got to gotta go. That's got to get in there. Um, other players, um, as much as it pains me to admit, <laughs> uh, Wingard had a day. Um, it's, it's good to see him because he is a likeable guy. Um, and obviously, I know I wind you up and and I think you'd be the first to admit in the past, he's had issues. Um, but he really seems to be flourishing in this in this defense, um, performing a little bit better. And and don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't think he's ever going to be like a a starting star safety in this league. But I'm more than happy for him to like. I am confident in him now to come in and kind of just just cover for the like the couple of plays here and there that we need him. Great on special teams. Um, there's no doubt in that. And I think he's an absolute solid team contributor um other ones i i just want to give a little mention to josh allen because obviously he's, he's been struggling this year and i believe there was at least two that um third downs that he got to he got to lamar jackson and forced incompletions um and obviously these aren't gonna they're not really they're not gonna show up on stat sheets but they were big plays um and so I think that that deserves a mention. Like, okay, he's not getting him to the ground, but I mean, an incompletion is, yeah, well, for, forcing an incompletion on a third down is is pretty much as good. Just well, it's obviously not as good as a sack because you're not pushing him back, but it still massively contributes to the team. And yeah, he he's had a bit of a rough rough time of it the last kind of probably like five or six weeks or so. So I think he needs a he needs a mention there and I will mention one of the player um for Aluacom. um as much as I'd love to uh, be talking about Muma in this because I you know I'm a big fan of Muma but Aluacon, I believe he had a career well not a career day a Jags record for tackles in the first half I think I had them report on the broadcast um I know he came up short of the total tackle record on the day but I think he was only about four or five tackles short of of the franchise record so yeah that 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 was great to see um and yeah it's it's, it's hard to pick this week because there were there were some really really good performances yeah absolutely i think um not an all-round great performance from the whole team but yeah there were some definitely standout players um today um really well not today sorry this week there were some real standout players um Obviously, you mentioned obviously um, you mentioned Muma, you've mentioned Aluacom. 
Um, both of those um, successfully played 100% of the snaps this week. Um, same with Rishon Jenkins. Um, probably some of that Muma weren't expecting, um, especially in the position that he was kind of picked up. Um, he's kind of taken the reps off of Devin Lloyd, who uh, only played 38% of the defensive snaps. Um, he did have himself on 52% of the special team snaps. So um, Devin Lloyd has kind of seen himself kind of sit behind Chad Muma now. Um, as Muma, obviously, like I said, he played the whole he played the whole of that every single defensive snap this week. So um, absolutely great to see. And um, he didn't look out of place. Um, so I think that's um, quite important to obviously say um, he didn't look out of place, which obviously I think is um, great to see there. Um, other mentions, obviously, that you haven't mentioned there um, was obviously just how amazing obviously Zay Jones was this week. Um, absolutely filled that role. He kind of he sat himself in kind of as wide receiver one this week. Um, outperformed, obviously, Christian Kirk. He got himself open a lot more. Um, and his connection with Trevor Lawrence was absolutely fantastic um, this week as well. So absolutely great to, to see that as well. Um, you can say um, that we saw the introduction, obviously, Snoop Connor. Um, not saying we're not going to put him in any bracket of being an easy player of the day, but it was good to obviously see him get a couple of snaps finally. Um, so it was good to see that. Um, Jermichael Hasty as well, obviously got himself, obviously that them good touchdown, that good touchdown he got this week as well. Um, again, not worthy of a, a kind of top performer, um, but I think yeah, I think what you've got to say this week, I think it's a clean sweep for everybody. Um, Trevor Lawrence is is pretty much the the leader for the Jags this week. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be the guy that kind of comes away um, with kind of the player of the day. Um, then we kind of go on to what was the play of the day. So what was your play of the day today? I think I think it probably uh, is tough because it it will be on offense for me. Um, it's one of three. It, the Either the pass to Marvin Jones for the touchdown, the pass to Zay Jones on fourth and eight, um, or the two-point conversion, just because of just for the sheer importance of it. Um, the other two were were great passes. I'm gonna go the touch. Uh, no, no, I'm gonna go the fourth and eight to Zay Jones just because the pressure was on. If he didn't make that, it was game over. Whereas the Marvin Jones one, if if it hadn't gone gone, it was I think it was only second down at that point. So there were still opportunities and there was still time. Uh, be it only a few seconds, but there was still time on the clock. So fourth and eight against a prolific rushing team like the Ravens and just to stand up and, and make that play and keep the keep the game alive because like I say it, it's dead otherwise if, if that's incomplete or he doesn't get it out, the game's over. So that's that's it for me. Yeah. Um, I think for me, my player, that this is where I wanted you to say Wingard, the player of the day for me was um, that fumble um, which Wingard got. I think that was a really, really big momentum shifter again um, and really kind of led us into a good path, obviously, to to take that lead, which um, was obviously a big, big point for me. Um, that that concludes the game. What a week. What a amazing week for us. Um, it was great to listen to all the post-match conferences as well. Um, again, my boy, um, Wingard, obviously absolutely great. Um, making some of the national, um, some of the national kind of headlines as well. Not headlines, but making some of the national, um, national kind of 
programs um, for his interview at the post game, um, which was obviously great to see. And obviously the Jaguars themselves obviously making some of the national press this week. Um, and then also Jackson Deville, obviously in the outfit that he was wearing, there was a lot of talk on that. Um, this week as he was kind of seen in um, a bit more of a wetsuit as um, the Jags game was actually delayed this week um, due to um, bad rain before the game. And I think it, um, I think you'd said that he got, it got soaked and he had to um, come out of the costume and he had um, a very revealing costume on underneath, which he wore for the game. And he stood behind um, the field goal posts um, and was posing in um, a very skimpy underwear um, for those games. So if you haven't seen that, obviously check all that out as well. Um, but what a week we sign off this that week and we move on to this week where we play against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions uh, have the same record as us this season, four and seven. Um, we'll have a little quick look back at the history between the Lions and the Jaguars. Um, so the Detroit Lions and Jaguars have only played each other seven times in total. Um, Detroit Lions do lead the series four wins um, against three for the Jaguars. The last time they played each other um, was in 2020, where the Detroit Lions beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville 34-16. The last time the Jaguars picked up a win against the Lions was way back in 2008, where we beat them 38-14. So um, this is going to be this is going to be an exciting game indeed. So, um, Brick Jag, have you done any research on the Lions? What have we got to look out for this week? So research-wise, um, my research consisted of a bit of watching the um, the Thanksgiving game for them against the Bills. Um, they just look extremely dangerous on offense. Um, that, that's, there's nothing else you can really say. Like they they do look a real threat, um, and I think it's going to be a massive shootout <laughs> this this week. And we really need the defense to be on the ball. Okay. Um the the Lions have kind of come into their own obviously in this month of November. Um three wins in November and they only lost the game that you watched the other day when I look at the when I look at the record here. Um and that was a very, very close game indeed. But um as you mentioned, it could be a shootout um because I'm looking at the scores here. Um the Lions have scored thirty five points, thirty six points. 24 points, 45 points. Um, they've had a couple of weeks where they had poor scoring weeks. So against New England, they they were shut out. Um, and against the Cowboys, they only scored six. Um, but then they played against Miami, scored 27. Um, against the Chicago Bears, scored 31. Against the Giants, scored 31. And then against the Bills, as you mentioned earlier, um, scored 25. So they scored quite a few points um in in these previous games um so i think they're ranked eighth for total amount of points scored this season so very very high scoring and our defense have definitely got a lot to got a lot to do this week um i always see the lions as the team that um when everybody does their predictions before the season starts everyone kind of does their predictions that they're going to beat the lions very similar to like when you do predictions against the Texans or or even someone like the Browns or the Bears, like everybody predicts you're going to get the win against that team. Um, and then they come out and come and shock. They come out and shock some big teams. And I think that's where the Lions sit here. Obviously, they're going, they're going as underdogs most weeks. 
Um, and I, I think they're actually going in as favourites this week. So have you seen that at all? Or? Yeah, so I believe they are slight favourites um, going into this week. I, I, I feel like they're they're in a similar kind of position to us. Like their performances probably deserve a better record than they've actually got. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that, that, that could easily be said about us as well. Um, yeah, and it feels like obviously they've been up and around with us where we've been picking in the draft the last couple of years. Um, they are kind of, they, they've been, this, they're in the same, I think the same attitude people have towards the Jags. Uh, it feels like the Lions and the Jags are in very similar kind of situations. They're in, in the process of a rebuild. They're on their way back up. Obviously both picked, well, picked one and two this year. And obviously we'll have, we'll be able to see Aiden Hutchinson um, playing up close and personal this week um, and see what we potentially missed out on. And I mean, I'm sure that will be raised by a lot of people and whether or not we should have taken him instead of Walker. But yeah, they don't, they don't look a bad, bad side. And um, I don't know if you watched any in the off season um, of hard knocks, but Dan Campbell seems like a really, really like top head coach, a very likable guy. Um, and a lot of their roster seems like a very honest, hardworking team, very physical team. And yeah, I'm actually excited. I think it's, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I certainly think it's winnable. As you said, I think I think they are favourites. Um, I think it's like either three or four points yesterday. I don't know if that's shifted now. Just um, check now, and the Jags are actually now favourites. We're now favourites. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's 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 a huge game because the implications are that if we potentially get another win and obviously the Titans have a tough one um, against Philly if the Titans fall and we win in theory this, this, the rest of the season is in our hands if if we were to win out we would be we would be in the playoffs and obviously I, I understand how unlikely and how tough that would be but obviously it's not impossible um and it would just be great to know that it's still there and to still be playing competitive football this late in the year. Because let's face it, in years gone by, we, we've been done and dusted by now. So it's a very exciting game and it's a big game. It's a winnable game um, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm concerned for this week, to be honest. Um think it could be it could be very very tough indeed and like I said it could be a battle of the shootouts um hopefully um Trevor Lawrence can kind of keep up that performance um that he has been um kind of putting on the last sort of the last few weeks the last few games that we've played and yes it is in our hands um the league is kind of in our hands at this moment um I think what I what I've read and what I've seen is um obviously the Jaguars are currently um three games behind the Titans the Titans are seven and four the Jaguars are four and seven um, the Titans do go um, and play against the Eagles at the Eagles this week. Um, so if if the Titans lose that game and the Jaguars beat the Lions, that then puts us five and seven, and that puts the Titans seven and five. And obviously we've then got to play Titans two times. So winning those two games could bring us pretty even. So um, yeah, it's definitely in our hands. And I think what I've heard Doug Peterson saying, what I've heard Trevor Lawrence say. Um, what they said about this last week, 
you can't go and go 7-0 if you don't win the first game. So it's all about taking it one game at a time and kind of see how they kind of how they fare and kind of what they look like and how they go forward. Um, having a little look at some of the some of the players on the Lions, like you've mentioned, their leaders this season, obviously Jared Goff, um, who's been around the league for a little while, um, 2,682 total yards um, this season so far, um, which um, is is fairly middle of the park. Um, when you compare that to um, see Trevor Lawrence, um, Trevor Lawrence is a little bit less than that. Um, so I know. No, they're pretty, pretty similar. Sorry. And um, they are a little bit less. Um, Trevor Lawrence is 2,655 passing yards on the year. Um, so very, very close indeed. Um, so very, very similar in that sort of respect. When you look at um, rushing leaders, um, they have Williams, 734 yards. Comparing it to our ETN, 728. So very, very close indeed there. And then, then I look at um, then I look at receiving yards. St. Brown is their leading receiver, 716 yards, compared to ours with Christian Kirk, 725 yards. Um, so very, very close indeed. Um, from what I can see there on the offense, so it can be, it can definitely be a bit of a shootout this week, and I think that's what we're gonna, what we're gonna look out for. So at this point, you know what I'm gonna say. What's your score prediction? I know you're gonna say Jack's gonna win, but what's the score prediction that you're giving us this week? I think I'm gonna go. It's gonna be a high one. Um, I'm gonna go 35-31 to the Jags. 35-31. So the point spread at the moment is 51 points. Um, so that's where the bookies kind of see it. And obviously they see the Jags winning it by, um, they, they've got Jags as one-point favourites. So therefore they probably see the game sit at Jags 26, Lions 25. That's kind of roughly where the where the bookies see that game. Um, I hope it's not as, I mean, a high-scoring game will be fun and entertaining, don't get me wrong, but it will be equally frustrating if I see the Jaguars' defence um, let up another 300 yards or something this week. So I hope that it's not as high-scoring as that. Um, I do I do think the Jags will come out victorious again this week. Um, I know it, we say it every time, the Jags come off the back of one win, um, but it would be absolutely great to see the Jaguars come and get um, start a little winning streak now. Um, before we go and play against the Titans, we go to their home ground um, next week. It'd be great to kind of come away and say um, that we're on a kind of a two-game winning streak and then we've got a bit of momentum on our side to go and play the Titans because that's certainly the least that we need um, to go to go to Tennessee and obviously go and play them. Bit of a tough time in schedule this week. I know, Brit Jag, you've put it on your social media. Um, England in the football have made the last 16 um, and they play their cup tie um, at 7pm and the Jaguars kick off at 6pm this week. So a um, bit of a tough timing for schedules and stuff. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it's all going to how it's all going to pan out and we'll see how many TV screens we can get on the go. And, um, and hopefully both of our teams will kind of come out victorious this week. And that'd be great to see. Um that concludes kind of our, our kind of in-depth kind of um, look at the game this week. That also includes our little snippet about um, the Detroit Lions, um, where we certainly hope that we come away with the victory there. Um, when we look at um, all other news, obviously we didn't get together last week. Um, and um, Brick Jag, you mentioned about the Jaguars picking up a new um, running back. Um, do you think that we'll get to see him this week? I think so. Um, I think it was just a case of 
kind of not kind of getting to the, and linking up with the team in time really to make it realistic um, for him to make his debut against the the Ravens. Um, but yeah, I think Henderson he'll come in and I think he's he's purely going to be the backup to to ETM. But to know we've got a more experienced back because Hasty kind of did as good as we could really hope for him to be doing um, in the game last week. But to have that bit of experience and have a, a, I mean, he was a solid contributor for the Rams. So it's certainly not a bad player to have as a backup um, if ETN does need a breather. And obviously we will still have Hasty there if necessary. So I'd expect him to get some reps this week um, after a full week practicing with the team. Obviously the injury report has literally just, just broken. Mm -hmm. Um, fairly recently um etn has well participated limited um so he seemed confident he was going to be good to go um obviously doug also said that on the sideline he he said he could have gone but there was just a little bit concerned because the foot that was hurt is the same one he had surgery on so they didn't want to push it and just want to give him a bit of extra time to rest it up but if if they had been given, given the go ahead on the day and there's still no more concerns being raised now. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be good to go come Sunday evening. Yeah, um, looking at that injury report, yeah, ETN, Zay Jones, Cisco, all limited practice. Um, Roy Robertson Harris with an illness and didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, looking at the Lions, they have a few more injuries. Um, it looks like they've got nine people on their Wednesday listed on their injury report. Four players didn't practice. Um, so that's certainly something to look out for. Um, it's been quite a pattern this season. Obviously, the Jaguars have had, I'm going to touch wood now, the Jaguars have had um, a very small amount of people out um, injured this season, um, whereas obviously some of our opponents have had some big key players out um, throughout the season. So um, it'd be good to kind of see how that kind of pans out for the game um, this week. And we get to see DJ Chark again, hopefully in action. He's just come back off an injury. Um, and we get to see how he's performing at Detroit. Hopefully not as well as um, Oliver did this week, um, because that's the last thing we probably want to see is one of our ex-leading um, wide receivers obviously putting up some numbers against us. Um, so that does conclude our podcast for today. Um, I'd like to thank you all for, for listening and tuning in. Um, remember, this is recorded on um, Jags Across the Pond network and also on the Brit Jag network. If you can make sure that you go onto both networks and just give us both a like and also subscribe um, and make sure that you stay up to date with all of our um, social medias. You've been following us all long enough now. You know where to find us. Obviously, just hit search for Brit Jag um, and obviously also search for Jags Across the Pond. And that is where you find us. So that's it for me. Is there anything you would like to add, Brit Jag? No, no, just, uh, yeah, appreciate it. We, we really appreciate any feedback um, and any questions. If you guys have got any questions you want to answer on the podcast, um, just drop comments or on our posts or DMs and that can go to myself or the Jags Cross the Pond guys on any of the social medias. Hit us up and we're happy to uh, talk about them on the next episode. Definitely. So thank you all again and we look forward to speaking to you all again soon.